The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Hey, you want to talk dinosaurs? I do. Why wouldn't we? Well, I think I was talking. No, no, never mind. Oh. I was a bit of shape. Uh, paleontologists at the University of Alberta have come up. They've just come up with a big finding. They say it's a sort of Tyrannosaurus Rex skeleton, <laughs> nicknamed Scotty, is officially the world's largest. To tell us more about Scotty, we're joined by a Dr. W. Scott Persons, a paleontologist at the U of A. Hi, Doctor, how are you? Hello, I'm doing just fine. <laughs> is we... it coincidental this disor- uh, t- uh, is named then what what is Did it they called? name it after you? Tyrannosaurus Rex no. is named Scotty. <laughs> Pure coincidence? I'm afraid just a coincidence. Ah. So Scotty earned its name because uh, when the skeleton was first found out in the field, it was cause for great celebration, and the field crew wanted to raise a glass to toast the Tyrannosaur. And the only spirits they had on hand was an old bottle of scotch. Man, this story gets better and better every <laughs> single time. Okay, so Scott, where, where was this? It was found in Saskatchewan. Where? That's right. It was found in the Badlands, uh, not too far from East End. Okay. Uh, and, and tell us about uh, a little bit of the, the background on how it was found, because I thought this was pretty interesting, too. Sure. So uh, the specimen was actually found a long time ago. It was uh, first discovered back in 1991, and it was found by a retired uh, high school science teacher <laughs> named Robert Jebhardt. Um, and it was excavated then by the uh, Royal Saskatchewan Museum, and the reason it's taken so long for the scientific paper describing the paper to come out is because, not surprisingly, a giant tyrannosaur constitutes a big undertaking, Mm. and the rocks that encased uh, the fossil bones were super-duper hard. It's found in a sandstone that's got a lot of iron in it, so it's almost like the bones are covered in cement, and all that rock that's tightly encasing them had to be chipped away. So is the significance of this find the size of the dinosaur or the age? Well, certainly the size of the dinosaur is part of the significance, but the age of it is also really, really important, too. So Scotty the T-Rex is not just the biggest, it's also the oldest, by by which I mean when it died, it had the highest number of candles on its last birthday cake. <laughs> so what, you can, what was you the estimated dinosaur's age by looking at the internal structure of the bones. Scotty's all old growth. We put its age as just getting into its early 30s. Okay, because I was curious what the average age of a Tyrannosaurus yeah. rex would have yeah. been. So mo- most Tyrannosaurus don't live that long. It's not super surprising, right? they got a hard-knock life trying to make a living by bringing down the likes of Triceratops and Armored and Kylosaurus. Uh, most of them just make it into their team. Mm. And when you talk about the size of this T-Rex compared, you know, that it's the biggest. So give us some numbers. Try to explain to us, give us an idea of how big this is compared to the, the average T-Rex. Sure. So, uh, Scotty, we estimate its weight to be around 8,800 uh, kilograms. Uh, and as far as like an average Tyrannosaurus Rex goes, as I say, normally most of them are not full adult size. So this individual could easily be a ton more than them. But the next largest Tyrannosaurus Rex that you know of is the animal Sue at the Chicago Field Museum. And she and Scotty are very close in size. Scotty's probably got around 400 kilograms oh. uh, over Sue, which is a lot by human standards, obviously. But, uh, but by Tyrannosaurus standards, it's not a whole lot more correct. So are paleontologists still learning about Tyrannosaurus rex or any other dinosaur? I mean, does this discovery teach us anything? 
Oh, it, it absolutely does. So um, obviously the skeleton gives us some cool insight into this particular Tyrannosaurus rex and, uh, and how it grew. But on the larger scale of things, one thing that uh, Scotty and our growing sample size uh, and growing range of known body sizes for Tyrannosaurus rex in particular tells us is that um, it probably increases what we can estimate the maximum size to be for almost all the other dinosaurs that we know of. Most dinosaur species are known from like a single specimen. Tyrannosaurus rex is different. It's known from over 20 really good skeletons, of which Scotty is the largest. And you can imagine that if today we were going to randomly sample every species and just pull out one individual, the odds are we would not happen to sample particularly large, even fully mature individuals. And so just as Scotty, now that we've got a large, fully mature individual, pushes the envelope for Tyrannosaurus rex size, that indicates the envelope can be equally pushed for a lot of other uh, dinosaur species. Why would there be more Tyrannosaurus rex skeletons? Is it because they were a great predator? I mean, why is there more of those found? Well, largely that is a function of age and, uh, and, and location. So Tyrannosaurus rex is one of the very, very last dinosaurs. It's present when the big extinction event hits. So Scotty's around 66 million years uh, in, in age, but dinosaurs go back way further than that. We're talking about uh, animals, that, you know, dinosaur, the age of dinosaurs spans over 160 million years. Yeah. And as you get further and further back in time, the fossil record gen- generally becomes scrappier and scrappier. So the fact that T-Rex is relatively young helps its fossils to be more abundant. Also, of course, Tyrannosaurus rex is a dinosaur that's found here in North America. Mm. And it's in North America where, historically, most dinosaur fossil excavations have, uh, have taken place. There are lots and lots of dinosaurs to be found all over the world, but in many locations, there hasn't yet been uh, an equivalent amount of time spent uh, excavating and studying the fossils. Dr. Persons, are there active digs uh, based on a belief that um, a a skeleton might be there? You know, is that how you do it, or do you just do a dig once you actually find the skeleton? Sure. So the answer to that question is yes. (laughs) <laughs> uh, it, it, it really depends on the particular kind of dig. So, for example, here at the University of Alberta, as the field season is approaching, we're actually preparing for the uh, the Edmonton Field School. So we go down to the Danic Bone Bed, which is within the Edmonton city limits, and we're looking at a spot where we know it's going to produce uh, more and more skeletal material of dinosaurs. It's a huge bone bed. It's yielded hundreds of individuals. It's going to continue to yield that fossil uh, material. That's not a surprise. That's a guaranteed spot. But uh, as in the case with with Scotty, this is a situation where people were out hunting the Badlands, trying to find the next uh, thing. Uh, This is a general location where we knew it was productive, where you were at the right age sediment, but we weren't going to any particular spot. And you, you find these new skeletons by fanning out across the Badlands, walking hunched over, getting your eyes very, very close to ground, and looking for just a little bit of bone that is sticking up, that's <laughs> just beginning to be exposed on the surface. And once you find that, well, that's when you actually start to dig in and hope that there's more there to be found. So Scotty will uh, one day be on display at the Royal Saskatchewan Museum. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, simple question, but I'm just curious. How do you transport Scotty? <laughs> 
so in, in pieces. Uh, the, the skeleton itself, some of the largest bones make it up. There's a, a huge uh, femur, it's over a meter long. There's the great big pelvis. But most of the other uh, uh, skeletal elements uh, are, are smaller, so they're easier to, uh, to, to move about. But also understand, Scotty, the skeleton when it was excavated out of the field did not come up in one great big uh, piece. Even mm-hmm. the big uh, jackets that included a lot of the matrix, the rocks, encoding uh, the fossils, those were pulled up as, as discrete units. Uh, they're, they're not easy to carry. They weigh as much as a big rock of, of the same size, but at least it's doable that way. Hmm. Uh, last question for you. Any, uh, <laughs> any chance anyone's got an idea of, uh, you know, getting a DNA sample, cloning it, and opening an amusement park on an island somewhere? Well, you know, I've heard that idea somewhere before. <laughs> uh, in, in the case of Scotty, no, there's no chance for recovering any genetic material. Right now, your best bet, if you want to try to resurrect a dinosaur to find a good genetic code, is probably not to look in fossils, but rather to look at modern-day dinosaurs. That is, to look at modern birds. Birds carry around, although they're not uh, switched on at the moment, they carry around a lot of the ancestral uh, genes that coded for their raptorial dinosaur uh, ancestors. Mm. Some very serious scientific work is being done looking at the genomes of, of birds and seeing if uh, if the dinogenetic code can be identified, although that's still a long ways off. I have one more question before we let you go. Okay. Um, it, what kind of dinosaurs have been found around uh, the Edmonton region? Have we found T-Rexes around here, or was um, this part of uh, Alberta uh, specific to a specific animal? Sure. Uh, so, so first off, we are definitely within the home range of Tyrannosaurus Rex. Okay. No question that Tyrannosaurus Rex did stomp around uh, Edmonton during its days. Uh, but those are not the fossils that we find uh, predominantly preserved in the area. And that's just a function of what age rocks happen to now be exposed. In Edmonton, the source of erosion is, of course, the river. Mm-hmm. And as it cuts through the various sediments, it exposes different, uh, different ages. Now, dinosaurs that have been found here in Edmonton include, of course, the great uh, hadrosaur, uh, yep. Edmontosaur. Uh, we also have uh, bits and pieces of different uh, tyrannosaurs, uh, animals like uh, Albertosaurus. <laughs> uh, there have been pieces of horned dinosaurs found as well, and also some, some armored dinosaurs. Cool. Hey, as long as we've still got you. <laughs> More questions coming yeah. in. <laughs> is a pterodactyl a dinosaur? Uh, no, it is not. So a, a pterodactyl or pterodactylus uh, belongs to a group of critters called pterosaurs. Those are the flying reptiles. And those animals are very, very close to dinosaurs, but they do represent their own separate group, even though they're around at the same time. Huh. So is there such a thing then as a flying dinosaur? There is indeed, aside from, from birds themselves, there are actually some raptor dinosaurs, so relatives of Velociraptor, that hung out in the trees and had long, feathery wings. These are the animals uh, that are probably very, very close to the true ancestors of birds. And these are animals uh, that could uh, flutter and flit through the trees. Uh, how great they were at actually powered flight is a debatable topic, but certainly they were capable of gliding like a modern flying squirrel. Interesting stuff. I'm starting to see now why my son signed up for a couple of these paleontology courses. Uh, it's been a pleasure, uh, you, Dr. Persons. Can, can, sure. can people who, you know, are really interested in, in this come out and, and watch on a, on a dig at some point or be involved somehow, or do you have to have some sort of background? <laughs> 
Well, you, you certainly have to have background. You certainly have to have a paleontological permit before you're allowed uh, to, okay. to, to run your own excavation. But that being said, you know, many, many important scientific discoveries wind up being made uh, by, by volunteers. Um, and there are plenty of field programs uh, available for folks. The Royal Tyrell Museum uh, runs several. And Dr. Scott Persons joining us this afternoon. Thank you so much. Fascinating. My pleasure. All right. I hope to talk to you again soon. Bye-bye now. Okay. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.